Hey everybody, welcome back to the New Community Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb, and this week we are finishing off our series, Not a Hostage, as we talk about not being a hostage to our past. Our past can be a good thing, it's something we learn from, all those experiences before, but it can also be dangerous because a lot of us find ourselves living in the past and forgetting about today, forgetting about what God is speaking to us right now. So this week, Pastor Aaron Escamilla is sharing with us how not to be a hostage to our past as we look in Philippians and learn a lot from our author, Paul. Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to be worshiping with you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and I am thankful to be here this morning with you worshiping God, and thank you for everyone joining us online. If it's your first time and I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we would love to get to know you, get to know a little bit more about you, and so there's a simple way you can connect with us. Right there on the screens, you will see a number. And if you just text NCC New to that number, um, it gives you a few prompts, but we wanna know your name, a little bit about your story, and if there's any way that we can help you connect with others and grow in your relationship with Jesus. So go ahead and take a moment if you're new around here and um, text that number and let us know a little bit about yourself so we can encourage you and help you as you continue to grow. And we are in our third week of this, or I'm sorry, our fourth and final week of this series called Not a Hostage. And we have been in this series walking together through the book of Philippians. And we've been looking at this letter that this man named Paul wrote to the church in the city of Philippi, and he's encouraging them. And as he's walking through, there's some themes that continue to come up in this book. And so in case you've missed any of the past weeks, let me give you a quick background The first is this, is that we see how this church started and everything that happened, kind of how Paul founded the church in Acts chapter 16. So you can write that down, the book of Acts chapter 16, and maybe later this week, go back, take a moment and read that chapter, and you can see some of the amazing things that God did as his church was originally started there in the city of Philippi. The second thing is, kind of from a background perspective, is that Paul is writing this letter from prison. And so when he's writing this letter to encourage the church, this group of believers, he's doing that from a prison cell, most likely in the city of Rome. And yet he doesn't write words of despair, of hopelessness. He he writes words to encourage them and to challenge them in their faith that they would continue to grow. And so that's where this theme has come up. You're not a hostage. Paul, even from a prison cell, says, hey, I'm not a hostage. There is a freedom that I have found in Christ. And I'm not chained up, I'm not bound up by things in my life, but Christ is working in my life even from this prison cell. And so we've talked about how we're not a hostage to fear, to pride, to our um, thoughts, and then today we're talking about not a hostage to our past. Like some of you guys, I spent um, Thanksgiving with some of my family. My mom and my brother and his family were down from the Chicago area, and so we got to hang out together. When Michael, my brother, and I were growing up, we lived in a small town in Oklahoma. It was in this small town called Bristow, and we lived in this little white house. We call it the White House, but it was not presidential, you guys, okay? It's this tiny little house that we lived in and grew up in. 
there are a couple of things I remember about the White House, and that is in the backyard, there was this shed. I promise it had to be like 15, 20 feet tall. There was a small hole in the corner of the shed. And so my brother and I would climb up to the top and we'd get right on the ledge and we would jump off. And for those few seconds, you guys, it felt like we were flying, right? It took a lot of courage because we were only like five and six years old. We were just little guys, but we would climb up on top of this tall shed and we would jump off and act like we were flying and then we'd run around and do it again. The other thing is, just a few blocks from our house, there was something we called the gullies. And it was these bike tracks. Um, and man, in our mind, once again, like these tall bike tracks, and we would be doing these jumps and going along these edges and going as fast as we could. And so I remember that growing up. And I was just talking with Michael um, just this weekend. And, and he said, Aaron, I, you know, because Linnell's family lives in Oklahoma. He's like, I had a chance to go by our old house. And I'm like, yeah. He said, you remember the shed in the backyard? I said, yeah. He's like, it was only six feet tall. And I'm like, no way, man. 20 feet, I know it. Like we were, we were flying, man, we were soaring. He's like, no, you could barely even fit in it. I'm telling you, it was tiny. And I'm like, seriously? And he's like, yeah, seriously. And he's like, do you remember the bike trails? I took my kids to go see them. And when I got there, it was like one little rolling hill. And I'm like, no, man, we were the daredevils, right? Like we were doing all of these tricks and we were so cool. And he's like, no, I promise you, it was like one little hill. He said, I was so embarrassed to tell them this is the hills that I've been telling you about, or this is the hill. But he's like, man, I went back and it was so unimpressive. And I was thinking about this because this is what Paul is talking about. I don't know if you've ever done this, but where we kind of romanticize our past and we make it so great, or it's bigger than we remember, or it has this kind of grand um, essence to it. But then when we start to really pull back and realize, we realize that it wasn't so great. And Paul is challenging the church, you can become imprisoned in your past. And you be can become trapped in a hostage of your past. And yet that is not how Christ has called you to live. And so as we walk through this message today, not a hostage to your past, I want you to remember that you can learn from your past but you can't live in it. Okay, so there are things that we can learn and, and understand from our past, maybe mistakes and even successes, but we can't live in it. And yet some of us, we fall into that trap where we're trying to go back. We're trying to just remember those kind of days from days gone by, and yet we can't live in the past. And so Paul is writing to the church in Philippi about this. If you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Philippians chapter three, and we're gonna start reading at verse four. And here Paul is writing in this letter and he gives the church in Philippi this quick history of his past. And this is what he says. If someone thinks that they have a reason to put confidence in the flesh, if you think you have a reason to boast, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. As for zeal, I was persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. So Paul is listing his past here. He's talking about it. And he's saying, hey, if you think that you had a really great childhood, like mine was better, is in essence what he is saying. But what he's talking about here is, hey, when I look back at that, your past is based on pedigree and performance, and it can become a prison. What does that mean? He's saying, when I look at my past, it's based on what I did or what I didn't do. It's based on my family tree and my history. And that can quickly become a prison inside of our life. Now, when we read this list, we're like, okay, so what, Paul? 
That doesn't make any sense to us because we don't live in that culture and we don't live in that time. So let me break down and explain what Paul is saying. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was from the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. He was saying, I had the family name. Maybe you remember that person in school or in your neighborhood, or maybe it's another family member, right? And to have that family name meant something. It meant that you were successful. It meant that you were set for life, right? It meant that you had everything that you needed provided for. Paul's saying, that was my life. I had the family name. We were the family that everyone was jealous of. Like if he would have done Ancestry.com, I mean, his was golden, you guys. Like it would have come out great. That's what he's saying is I can trace my history back and I have some pretty amazing grandpas and grandmas back in my family tree. He's saying, I had that lineage. That was my story. He said, I had success in my job, a Pharisee. Those were the religious leaders in the nation of Israel. Like that was the lawyer, the doctor, right? The movie star of his time. That was fame and fortune to be a Pharisee. He's saying, that's what I had. I had arrived in success in my job and in my workplace. I had that righteousness. He was saying, I was doing all the right things. People looked at my life and they were like, yep, Man, that's what I want my life to be like. I want it to be like Paul's, a righteousness. I was faultless. I was persecuting other people who weren't of the Jewish faith. Like I was telling them how wrong they were. Paul's saying, if you looked at my life, I had all of these lists of success. It looked like I had everything together, but it became a prison in his life. I was being held back by that. I was looking at all of those things and that's how I was rating success and judging my life. And he's like, that's not what God had called me to do. And that's not what it means to be a follower of Christ. And he was imprisoned by that. Some of us live like that. And I'm guessing that in this room we have, and those of you watching online, like we have, we kind of fall in two different camps. Some of us are like Paul. And we do, we have that amazing family we've come from and we grew up in a great house and we're like, yeah, Paul, I can relate to that. And yet that can imprison us as well. Hey, I'm a good person because my parents went to church and they, they brought me to church and they taught me what it meant to love God. And so that makes me a good person. And we don't really have a relationship with God. We're just relying on someone else's. I remember my Bible college professor, he challenged a class with this. He said, God has no grandkids. He doesn't. He has sons and daughters. And you are not in a relationship with God because, well, that's what my mom and dad did, or that's what my grandma did, and that's what she told me. You're not a follower of Christ because of that. You're a follower of Christ because you've accepted him, because you developed that relationship, because you've grown in your love for him. And so that reminder of we're not grandkids of God's. And so it can't just be, well, my past, like I did this in the past or my family tree, it looks really good because that will imprison you as well. And then for others of us, it's the negative, right? Like I am nothing like Paul. Like when I look back at my family tree, it's embarrassing. There are alcoholics, right? There, there are people who wasted their life. Maybe you came from a life of poverty and all of these things can imprison you. I can't move up in my job because no one in my family has ever really done anything with their life. I can't get that promotion. I can't make more money. I can't go to college. I can't get married and have a healthy marriage because my grandparents are divorced. My aunts and uncles are divorced. My parents are divorced. Everyone gets divorced in my family. My marriage is just gonna fail. That is imprisoning you in your past. And yet that's how some of us are living. And Paul's saying, if it's all about performance, 
If it's all about the family tree, if you're just looking back, you will find yourself a hostage in your life and you're thinking, well, this is all it's gonna be because that's all I've ever known. That's all I've ever seen. Whether it's good or bad, the positive, the negative, if we're not careful, we become a hostage to our past. And Paul is challenging us. That's not how God's called you to live. That's not what it looks like in the family of Christ. And so every week I've done this. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. I've talked to you about, hey, how do we know that we're a hostage to these things? So today, how do you know that you are a hostage to your past? How do I tell when I'm actually, that's happening in my life? The first is this, I say yes or no to opportunities in my life based off of past performance. So something comes up once again in my workplace and I start to look at my past and I either say yes or no based off of that. God, I can't do that. Look, I come from this messed up family. There's no way I'm gonna get in that leadership position. I'm gonna get in that manager position. I know I'm just gonna fail because I failed at school. I never did good in those situations. There's no way I'm gonna succeed. Or how about this? Yeah, of course I'm gonna take that job promotion because that's what everyone, of course I'm gonna go to that college when I'm accepted. That's what my family did. And this is what happens is we don't stop to listen to the voice of God. We're a prisoner to our past. We're not asking the Holy Spirit, God, do you want me to take that promotion? God, do you want me to go to that college? God, do you want me to be in that relationship? We're just doing it based off of what we've seen behind us. And we're not stopping and asking God, what's your direction? What's your purpose? God, what's your focus in my life? God, what are you wanting for me right now in this season? We say yes or no to opportunities based off of our past, and we're imprisoned by that. The second thing is this. If the past seems better than the future, you are a prisoner of the past. Those moments where you look back and you're like, well, I wish it could just be like that. I'm gonna step on some toes. That's how some of us are living right now. Can we just go back to before COVID, right? Like, can we just go back to this point? Or maybe it's further back. Can can I just go back a couple of years? Like, man, that seemed like a really great time in my life. Not so much stress, not so much difficulty, all of these things. And we romanticize that. We dream of a preferred past instead of a preferred future. We're living hopeless. We're living in despair. We're living in frustration. We are imprisoned by our past because we're just looking back thinking that's what I want it to be. When those things are happening in your life, you're a hostage, church. You're held hostage by what's gone on before instead of looking at what God is doing in this moment and we miss what God is saying in this moment because we look at that. So what does Paul do? He said, man, I made this list. I wrote these things down. Let me show you this. This is what he did. He said, I kind of made this ledger. I drew this line of my life because I started to evaluate what I had accomplished, what people thought was success. And he said, I did all of these things. I was circumcised, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew, a Pharisee. I was successful in my job. I was righteous. I did all of these things. But he said, I actually put that on the con side. Those were the negatives in my life when I really came to look at it. And there was only one thing that truly mattered, and that was Jesus. That my life is found in Jesus. All of these other things that people were like, yeah, that's what I want. Paul, your life looks so good. He said, now I look at that and I see, man, that's not what really matters. Those are things that could imprison me. If I just keep leaning on those things or looking back at those things, they're going to make me a hostage in my life. He said, what really truly mattered is that I'm found in Christ. 
He said, that's what I've come to focus in on. And church, in those moments where you become imprisoned, where you're just looking behind you and you feel hopeless in your current moment, or you're looking behind you and you're making decisions based off of that, you need to stop and focus in on Jesus. Stop with everything that's gone on before you and focus in on Jesus. Focus in on him and what he's saying and what he wants for your life so that you break out of that prison of the past. You break out of being a hostage of your past. He goes on in Philippians chapter three, verse seven. This is what Paul says as he continues on. He says, but whatever were gains in my life, all of those things that other people thought were a success, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage. What Paul is saying is he's saying, hey, I made that ledger, I took account of my life and all of those things that I was striving for growing up and I thought were so great, I now look at them and I'm like, man, these are worthless. Compared with knowing Jesus, what I know now, having found Christ, that's where I want my life to be. I'm not looking for financial success. I'm not just looking to move up the corporate ladder. Like I'm not looking for what everyone else around me wants. I want my life to be found in Christ. That's what's worth so much. That's where I put value now. It's not in these other things. That's what Paul is saying. And he wants to give us a picture of this. He wants you to really understand. So he's writing this to the church in Philippi. And he says, I consider them garbage. That Greek word right there is skubalon. So turn to the person next to you and say skubalon. That word right there, you guys know a Greek word now, um, is actually almost a cuss word. You guys just cussed in church. Why'd you do that? Okay. Um, but it's close to that. Scholars are like, man, it's pretty close. Like Paul is using some strong language there. And what it's talking about is human feces. Okay, this is poop, you guys. That's what he's saying is he's like, when I think about Jesus and I think about everything else, like all of that stuff is just worthless. It's rubbish. It's garbage. Whenever I compare it to knowing Jesus, let me give you one more picture of this. In the Escamilla household, everyone does chores, okay? There is a giant chalkboard full of chores, and everyone has some up there on the list um, that they have to do. Gabriel, um, one of our sons, his job is mowing the lawn. And he comes in one day and he says, Dad, mowing the lawn is the most disgusting thing in the world. I'm like, Gabriel, it is not. What are you talking about? I was like, maybe you get tired doing it, but it's not really that disgusting. And he's like, no, Dad, it's absolutely gross. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, we have two dogs at the Escamilla household. And whenever they need to go to the bathroom, we send them out in the backyard. That's where they go. And so Gabriel found out that as he's mowing the lawn and as he goes through one of those places where the dogs have been, that stuff just flies everywhere with the lawnmower. And he's like, Dad, it's getting all over me. It's gross. So unfortunately, one of our other kids has to go out in the backyard and pick it up now before Gabriel mows the lawn. But that's what Paul is saying is he's like, your life was covered in trash and garbage and poop. He's like, that's what it was like before if you're just living in the past. But now you found the value of coming to Christ. Now you know what it's like for your life to be wrapped up in him. You know the value of following after Jesus and how much more that is worth than anything else that we used to hold on to or consider. And yet so many of us, we try to live in the past. We try to live with what's behind us. We keep looking back thinking maybe somehow that is better 
One of my favorite Christian artists, she wrote this song. Her name is Sarah Groves, and she wrote this song. It's called Painting Pictures of Egypt. And in it, she's talking about the story. You may be familiar, or maybe you don't know it, of the people of God, the Israelites, coming out of slavery in Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years, and God does some crazy things to get them out of slavery in Egypt, and they have to go through a desert before they get to the promised land, the really good place that God has promised them. And whenever they're going through the desert, it's hot, they don't have as much water, they don't know how they're going to get food, all of these difficult things come up, and they actually look at God and say, just take us back to slavery. Like, we just want to go back. It seems so much easier there. And so she writes this song, this is what we do as people, we paint pictures of Egypt. And she says that I've been painting pictures of Egypt and I'm leaving out what it lacked. The future seems so hard and I just want to go back. But those places that used to fit me, they cannot hold the things that I've learned. And those roads were closed off to me while my back was turned. What she's saying is we have this human tendency, what Paul is saying is to think all of this is what we really wanted and we romanticize this. Well, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe all of this really wasn't that hard years ago, but it seems so difficult now. I just wanna go back to that, God. And God's saying, but I've taught you so much here, you can't go back. You've learned, you've been on a process, you've been on a journey. Those roads are closed off to you now. You can't go back to Egypt and be slaves anymore because I'm bringing you into a promised land. I'm taking you somewhere. I'm doing something in your life. And that's what Paul is realizing. Wait, all of those things that I thought I wanted, they're a loss. And now it's the thing that I've gained is Christ. I have gained way more than I've lost is what Paul is saying. That's what matters in my life right now is knowing him. And when we're just looking at our past, when we're just looking at what's behind us, when we're just looking at where we've been, man, we become trapped. We become imprisoned by that, by that inside of our life. And Paul is challenging the church, don't be a hostage to that. Don't let that encompass your life. Don't let that hold you back from what God is doing right now. Don't just keep looking at your past, but look at the future of what God wants to do. He ends with this in Philippians 3, 8. He says this, I consider it all garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. If you have your Bibles, just highlight that. Paul's saying, I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. I mean, you read this, and this is crazy what Paul is saying, but he's challenging the church in Philippi. I want to be found in Christ, not in a prison cell. That's what he's challenging them. Church, be found in Christ, not as a hostage, not in a prison cell. He's saying, when you picture my life, don't think of me in this Roman prison, but imagine me, I have found freedom in Jesus. My life is free now. Yes, I may be behind bars, but there is a freedom that I have never known before. And so picture me with my life found in Christ. And that's what he's challenging the church. You're gonna go through difficulty. You're gonna go through hard times. There's gonna be moments where it feels like, man, maybe just going back would be so much easier. But he's saying, no, your life is found in Christ now. You're wrapped up in Christ. And that's what he is challenging the church with. That's what I want you to see. Picture my life being found in Christ. 
And I was talking with my mom about this, how so many times it is the pain that we go through that shows us who God really is. And we wanna avoid that, but look at what Paul says. He says, I'm even willing to participate in his sufferings. Paul's saying, when my life is found in Christ, and even when I go through difficult times, it's in that moment that I see the power of the resurrection. It's when I've gone through that difficulty that now my eyes are open to the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and how God comes through, even in the midst of darkness and even in the midst of difficulty. That's when God's light shines the brightest. And he's saying, church, sometimes you're going to have to walk through some dark moments. But in that, you're going to see the power of God. Let your life be found in Christ. Don't just keep looking behind you. Paul's not saying, hey, I want to go back to starting that church in Philippi. I want to go back to that moment where God was doing all of those miracles. No, even from a prison cell, he says, no, I want my life to be found in Christ. That's the most important thing. That's what matters to me. That's what I desire. My wife recently had our daughter Sophie start reading a book that we read whenever we were young. And it's called The Hiding Place. It's about a family. The woman's name is Corey Ten Boom. And um, she lived in Germany. Her and her family lived in Germany during World War II. And when the Nazis were growing in power and were beginning to oppress the Jewish people, Corey's family, they were Germans. But they felt like, hey, this is not okay what they're doing. And so they would take Jer or Jewish families and hide them in their house. And after a while, this became known to those Nazi soldiers. And they came in and they took Corey's family away, even though they weren't Jewish, they took them and imprisoned them in a concentration camp. It was one of the most difficult and dark times of Corey Ten Boom's life. And, and as she walked through it, she lost her father almost immediately. And eventually her sister Betsy died. And as she writes about this years later, she survived the concentration camp she notices something. She said, it was actually in those dark moments in some of the most difficult times that I learned about the love of God. Because church, how do you love people that are torturing you? You can't do that on your own. She said, it was in that moment that I learned how God loves through me. When I'm looking at Nazi soldiers who are taking friends of mine into the gas chambers and, and people that are oppressing us and still being able to pray for them, and care for them, and share the love of Christ with them. And she said, I probably would have never learned that in my life if I hadn't been in deep, deep, dark situations like that. And when you read, if you ever get a chance to read any of her writing, just quote after quote of knowing the love of God and the power of God, where she said things like, there is no pit, there is no prison where the love of God is not deeper still and where she could look at people who were hurting her and she could still express the love of God. Why? Because her life was found in Christ. She wasn't really in a prison or a concentration camp. From her perspective, she was surrounded by the love of God and it made it possible in those difficult moments to love, to give, to be compassionate, to show kindness. You can't do that if you're a prisoner of your past. And that's what Paul is writing to the church. He's saying, don't live as a hostage to your past. Don't just keep looking behind you, but let your life be found in Christ. When you're going through difficulty, when it's hard, let your life be found in Christ. Discover the surpassing worth of knowing him, of giving everything to him, of not just striving after worldly success, 
but allowing Jesus to be the center of your life. And that's where you'll find freedom. That's where you'll find, I'm not a hostage, but there is liberty in my life that sometimes doesn't even make sense because things aren't going right. But I can trust in God. I can trust in Christ. And I wanna pray for us this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes and just reflect on this right here. Reflect on what we've been talking about here in this scripture. Paul's challenging us, you're not called to be a hostage to your past. And there may be some of you that you're listening or watching this message this morning or you're here in this room and you would be honest and say, hey, I kind of feel trapped. Like my life isn't like Paul, it's not been great. Matter of fact, I can see how my bad choices have messed up my life. And maybe you do feel a little hopeless or you're in despair. And the Bible's very clear that we cannot fix ourselves. We can't try to do enough good to outweigh the bad. That's not how it works. And yet Jesus came because he knew we couldn't pay the price and he took our place. He went to the cross. He gave his life for your mistakes, for my mistakes, for our sin. He gave his life so that we could be brought back into a right relationship so that our past could be erased and God could give us a new future. And if that's you, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and I wanna ask you to join me. I'm gonna ask everyone in this room, everyone watching this, if you would join with me, let's pray this together. Jesus, I come to you. And God, I'm a prisoner of my past and I need a brand new start. God, I know that I've sinned and I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a fresh start. And I pray this in your name, amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone who may have prayed that prayer? And I believe this, that if you didn't have a relationship with God and you prayed that, you meant that in your heart, or maybe you have in the past, but you've walked away from that, that Jesus is doing something in your life that we don't just say that like, hey, that's a fresh start, but God, he does, he erases the slate of our past and he begins to give us a new future and a new hope as we follow after him and as we learn about him. And so we are excited as a church for you and that decision that you made. And I want us to do two other simple things this morning. When you sat down, if you're here in person with us in that seat, um, there's this piece of paper and pen. And if you're watching this at home online, you can do this with us as well. Um, grab that piece, of, grab a piece of paper and a pen. And this is what we're gonna do just symbolically. I felt like, you know, this could be a moment for us. I want you to take a second. I want you to write down something that may be imprisoning you from your past. It could be a good thing. Maybe you've been leaning on someone else's relationship with God and you've kind of been carried by that but it's holding you back from what God wants to do in your life. You've not owned that relationship for yourself. Maybe it's something negative. Maybe it's a family member or something in your past. I want you to take a second and write that down. I know we could probably fill up the page. You don't have to do that. Just write down one or two things. And then this is what we're gonna do. If you're able, we're gonna come forward and we're gonna tear them up and throw them in this trash can. And as you do that, I just want you to declare that God you're freeing me from my past. 
God, I'm no longer a hostage to those things. Could be sin in your life, something from your past that's been holding you back. I want you to write it down, and then when you're ready, just come forward, tear it up, drop it in here, and we're gonna believe that, that God's bringing freedom in our life. Let's do that together this morning, church. If you're still writing and you need to bring that forward, you can even while I'm talking. And I just wanna close this in one last prayer. And as I pray this time, I don't want you to just listen to me or repeat the words after me, but just in your, in your own language, in your own words, you don't have to say anything special. Would you just have a conversation with God? And as we've walked through this series, it may be fear, that really stuck out to you in your life. God, I feel like fear has control of me or it may be in your thought life like we talked about last week. It may be something from today, something from your past, but would you ask God to help you that we would be the kind of church that would not live as a hostage or would not live imprisoned by things in our life, but we would walk in the freedom that Christ has given us. And so I'm gonna lead out in prayer, but just in your own words, have a conversation with God and ask him to work in your life Lord, we come before you, God, and I'm so thankful for this just simple reminder that you've given us from your word, Lord, that you take, God, the things from our past, God, and you work in spite of them, Lord, in spite of some of our failures, God. As we walk through this series, Lord, if there's anything holding us back, if it's fear, God, if it's our pride, if it's thoughts, if, if it's our past, Lord, we are praying that you would bring liberty in our life from that, God that we would walk as your church, Lord, into our workplace, into our schools, God, around friends, around family members, God. We would walk in a freedom that would reflect your love and your compassion and your goodness, God. We would be a light in this world to people that need to see that. God, because we are not a hostage, Lord, you have brought freedom in our life. Help us to be the church that lives that out. I pray in your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. As you reflect on this this week, take some time, acknowledge your past, thank the Lord for what he's brought you through, but then look ahead and let him speak to you about what he wants to do in your life today in this season. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new. 
and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.